Hello, this is Pastor Jay, and I want to encourage you today. You know you need a break away. I didn't say a breakthrough, I said a break away. You need a break away like they do in a basketball game. The game is going along, and all of a sudden, somebody breaks away, it steals the ball, it goes down. It changes the whole momentum of the game. You need to do the same with your attitude. You need to get out of the mundane and break away. It doesn't make a difference how old you are, how young you are, but there's times in your life where you just need to keep breaking away. Not going along with the flow, but take the chance on yourself and break away and do what God has called you to do. So today, let's break away. This is Pastor Jay. Always be encouraged, blessed, and at peace. And remember to walk in the truth of the Lord and break away. Like, subscribe, and share. Peace. Hello everyone, this is Tanika Drake and I am going to share a book with you that I've written called The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned into My Shine. Please check that book out either on Barnes & Noble or you can find it at Amazon or any place where you can get that book. Remember, it is not okay for anyone to hurt or harm you. Please check that book out and happy reading everyone. Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. trade-off is the relationship with your Christ who died for you. That's what you trade off when money becomes your God. So we're going to go through chapter 16. Frida, start at verse 1. He also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest managers for the the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light and i tell you 
Make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwelling. Keep going. One, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Who will entrust to you the true riches which are yours? Okay, and I, and I kind of want to stop right there before we go any further. So now we, 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 we enter to this story, this story about money. And with the money, he tells the story that gives the parable. And, and, and what is the parable about? What's the story about? It's right there in front of you. The unjust steward. Right. So what, he, what the unjust steward does, the master finds out that he's been, been squandering his money. And, the, and he tells, he finds out he's about to get fired. And what he does is he goes to the, the debtors and he says to the debtors, I tell you what, instead of uh, you giving 50, you give 20. Instead of you giving 80. And he does it so they can be received, so he can be received. And he's considered unjust. And, and what God tells us in the story is that they who do this, his, his, the master commending him for being so shrewd that he would even begin to think of how to put himself in a position with the debt, with the money that's not his, and make a deal for himself. So how much more for you who deal with money righteously, you should be able to be a better steward and do what's right by your money. What are you going to do with your money? How are you going to handle your money? What are you going to, how are you going to handle the debts that you have? Are you going to take, are you going to chase money to the point where you do something that's not right? to be received and be accepted. Yes, he was shrewd, but Jesus was amazed that the sons of light, which are us, we're not as shrewd with our money as we should be. We're very, very frivolous. Mm -hmm. Believing that God is, has an obligation to continue to allow us to go in debt. How many churches have you heard of? They say, take all your bills to the altar and God will pay them. Mm -hmm. Why does God have to pay the debt you made? He already paid a debt you couldn't pay. Now you want him to pay a debt that you made on purpose. Okay? That's foolishness. That's saying I don't have to be a good steward. I just got to wait for the, the service to where I can bring my bills up there and, and God's going to pay it. Well, they don't tell you that a lot of times when people do that, and guess what? They get their electric cut off. They get their, their phone cut off. They get their gas cut off. Again, where, why do you think you've made some bills that you can't pay on purpose? And God's supposed to come rescue you from that and you haven't been a good steward? See, that doesn't match with God's character. Mm -hmm. God's character tells us that we need to be a good steward every part of our life, our time, our talent, and our tender. Mm -hmm. But again, being in America, we're told the sky's the limit. You want a $10,000 credit card? Go ahead. And now things have changed. Interest rates are going up and now credit is getting tightened and there's people I heard that's so far in debt they can't see their way out of it. And a lot of times people actually end up committing suicide yes. because they're in too much debt. They commit suicide or they do something illegal because they're, too, they're in too much debt. They're trying to get out of quickly what it took only minutes to get into. Because they'll tell you if you do it on a credit card, 
that if you pay the, the monthly payment, it'll take you years to pay it off. You got to add something to it, you know, so you can start knocking down that principle. So we have a, 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 a the last said Jesus is saying is that well, if you're going to be faithful in a little, God can trust you with more. If you're not going to be faithful with a little, God can't trust you with actually what you're supposed to have, the treasures. There's a treasure for you to have, okay? I want you to look at something. Go to uh, Matthew, for you to go to Matthew chapter 6. Six, yeah. Start at verse 19. Mm -hmm. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So we have a situation where Jesus is saying that there is a way that we can lay up on while we're here treasures in heaven to where moth and rust can't get to, where nobody can steal it. What? So now think about this. He's comparing that to money. So what he's saying is, what do you really spend your money on? Do you spend your money on things that are of God? Do you spend on money, your money on ministries that are going out giving the gospel? Because your relationship to your money and God is important. So when you talk about laying up your treasures in heaven, he's saying, what are you doing with what I've given you here that you may lay up your treasures in heaven? Are you so close fist? Are you so in debt? That, that you don't want to give nothing to nobody. But God, but you want God to bless you. But your hand is always closed. You've made excuses to why you won't, whatever you want to call it, tithe, offering or whatever. You've made excuses of why you won't give to nobody's ministry. But then are you doing any ministry? God gives us wealth and gives us money. And it's okay to have wealth and money. If you know how to be a good steward and support the things that God will support. But what we've done is come up with excuses of why. He said, lay up your treasures in heaven. How do you do that? Investing with the resources that God gives you here. And money is one of them. Money is one of them. There's no way you should be sitting in a, in a, in a working body of Christ and sitting there. And at the end of the year, if somebody pulled your record, you didn't get $20 for the whole year. But you didn't ate every time you come in here. I'm not telling you to give for my anniversary. You know, I don't even ask you for all that. I'm just saying support the ministry with what makes you happy. Now, again, my saying is if $20 makes you happy and $21 makes you mad, don't give $21. Give $20. Okay? Your attitude about giving. Don't put on the next ministry you join uh, uh, what they did and assume that everybody does it. I'm trying to get people to think. Whatever was done to you at whatever ministry, whether it's money or abuse, blame it on the person. Don't blame it on church. Amen. They're not church. Amen. These are individuals that's taking advantage of church. Amen. You know, but it's easier for you to say that. Why? Well, that's the church. They do this and they do that. And I'm like, I'm like, no, there's individuals in the church that do this and do that. And they're not the true church. Any church that takes advantage of you to the point that you know they're taking advantage of you and you still there, that's that's on you then. I've heard people say that to me. Ain't important what I do, what he do with the money. It's the fact that I gave. The devil is a lie. That's not being a good steward. Nope. If you know you throwing your money down a rat hole and you expect God to bless you because you and you know it, why would, there's something wrong with you. 
It's like it's like common sense avoids saints. It's like we become so spiritual. It's like, and that's what Jesus said here. I'm going to commend the guy for being shrewd, even though he was stealing from me. But man, you children of light, y'all not as shrewd. Y'all just throw out your common sense and put it at God. And God say, remember, you're supposed to have a renewed mind. Not a dead mind, but a renewed mind. You should be wise. People who are street hustlers make the best church members because they can spot the fraud. Because God doesn't take away that gift of, of understanding game. But we got to see. So there is a treasure that we lay up in heaven. Amen. And we don't know what it is, but we do know a couple of things about the treasure. What do we know about the treasure? Look at that path. What do we know about the treasure we lay up in heaven? What about the treasure? Moss can't get to it. Moss can't get to it. And what else? Seeds don't break in. Now, if, 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 if you knew that could happen in your bank, in your house, in your other stuff, you'd be very happy. Okay? But now we got a situation where God is saying... What you do for me will last forever. And part of it is your money. Is your money. Is your time. And your talent. But you don't want, you figure I just do the talent and the time and I don't do the money. No. That ain't how this work. That ain't how this work. You can't say, God, I'm going to hold you off from this, but I'm going to give you all this because, because I don't want to give that. The minute you say you don't want to give, you, 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 you lose your power in the sense of God has given you so much. And you think you earn some money. You really believe that. We were told we, we work, we get a check. Okay? But think about it. Ultimately, who's the creator of that check? God is. God is the creator of that check. He creates the wealth. He gives it to you. Okay? Go to First Timothy. Go to First Timothy and look at uh six and start at six and seven. First Timothy, six and seven. First Timothy one. Yeah, First Timothy. No, First Timothy chapter six. Seven. Six. First Timothy chapter six, verse seven. Verse. Verse. Yeah, you didn't got me confused. <laughs> First chapter 6, verse 17. 17, okay. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. As for the rich. Yeah, go ahead. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. He provides. So that lets you know it's okay to be rich. Amen. He just told you that. He gave one stipulation. What did he say? Don't be what? Don't be, Don't be arrogant. Don't be flossing. Don't be bragging. He gave us. He, you didn't earn it. He gave it to you to enjoy. But you're going to take the enjoyment of the Lord and lord it over somebody else. You want somebody to come out and look at your nice new car. You know. Knowing dad gone well in five more months, it's gonna get repossessed. Yeah. I mean, read that again. I mean, we really gotta get this in our spirit. So riches, see, I don't want to tell you that riches is wrong because he just said he gave us all of this to enjoy. But it's under a certain attitude that we need to enjoy the riches. Read that again. As for the rich in this present age. 
charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. He read. They are no they are to do good, to be rich in good works. To be rich in what? So think about the think how does the progression go? God gives you natural riches. You're supposed to be supposed to be a steward of the good riches. You're supposed to be willing to give the good riches and do good work with your riches, but not be arrogant. Don't act like you deserve it. God, they say He gave it to you. Here's another gift from God, and He wants to give it to you. Now, everybody can't handle being rich. We know that. But I think this, whatever God has given you, that, that, that if you understand this principle, it, you're rich already. All you need to do is learn how to be a good steward of what you have, and then he'll give you more. Now, what does good steward mean? Good steward means that you pay attention to how you spend your money and where you spend your money. Since I've come to Christ, there are certain things I would not spend my money on. That I used to waste a whole bunch of money on when I wasn't saved. Amen. 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 There's just some things that don't even attract me no more. Amen. I'm like, the newest, latest, shiniest stuff don't mean nothing to me anymore. Because I've lived long enough that that thing that's popular today is going to come right back around some other time. I don't have to sit there and think about these things. You know? All you got to do is let it sit on your shelf long enough and then it'll come right back around and you could probably sell it for 10 times what you bought it for back 10 years ago. Okay? But you got to learn how to do with what God gives you. Okay? You got to learn. Read that second part again. It said do good works. Read that part. They are to do good, mm -hmm. to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Be what? Generous. Generous. An attitude of generosity. Yes. A mindset of willing to share. Yes. Considering others more significant than yourself. You, you, you want to give all the time. You want to find a way to give. You look forward to giving. You're trying to find a way to, to release what God has given you. Not to gain, but because he's been so good. He's been so good to yes, us. Yes, yes. As a ministry, he's been fantastic. I mean, I couldn't phantom where we're at right now. Really. It has nothing to do with people. It's just our attitude of giving is, is off the chain. If anybody's ministry needs something, I got a board that just say give it to them. I, we don't even have to, almost we don't have to, I don't have to call them. They be like, oh, okay, give it to them. And thank God we've been good enough stewards to where we can help each other out and other ministries. And God has rewarded us for that. You know why he's rewarded us? He's let us be together. I, I'm not really cared about him returning in money. But, but he lets us enjoy each other's company on Sunday. Enjoy each other's company on Tuesdays. He let us have a room that we can have birthday parties in and enjoy, you know, uh, 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 different things that we can design the room the way we want to and people can enjoy this room. You know, we ain't got no debauchery going on up here, but you can come here and feel safe. Amen. Our little children that's running around, Ferris and, uh, and Journey can run around and everybody watching them. Nobody's going to take advantage of them. 
That's the blessing of being generous. You're supposed to look forward to sharing. Okay, read that again because I want to get that in people's spirit. Read that again. They are to do good. To do good. Be rich in good works. Be rich in good works. Some people are poor in good works. They don't have no good works. They think coming to church is a good work. No, 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 no. We ain't talking about coming to church. Your good work is done out there, somewhere. Me and Steve were going to the we going to the funeral, and we got off at two seventy, and uh, I think he got off early. He got off at two seventy, and uh, and uh, Hall's Ferry, which was the wrong exit. But God wanted us to be there because before I left, uh, I had got a, a bottle of water, right. So we pull off, we pull up, and there's a guy standing there. And this is the first time this ever happened. Do you know that man actually asked us for some water? And I had a bottle of water for me, but I was willing to give it to him. How do I know that wasn't an angel? Sent by God to see if we were going to keep our windows rolled down like most of the people. And all he wanted was some water. That's all he wanted was some water. It's simple things, how you share simple things. You don't need to go out here and empty out your bank account to prove nothing to God. You can't prove nothing to God with that kind of ridiculous behavior. All I'm saying is, can't you spare something? You got 10 TVs in your house. It's just two of you. Can't you give one away? Yeah. You got a, a closet full of suits and dresses and stuff that you ain't going to never wear again. Can't you give? Because you didn't got older. And it don't fit the same like it used to a couple of years back. And you holding on to it hoping what? You get bigger again? No, you give it away. Let somebody else enjoy it. So what you haven't worn it out? Give it away. Let somebody else have the benefit of your generosity. Enjoy giving to people. It is truly a blessing to give. I don't care what you give, but give with a pure, open heart. Don't be like we just read that you can be in a position to have money and you lord it over people. You don't have to do that. You don't have to prove. You know, I don't want to know how. You don't need to show me your new car every time you, you turn around and get one. I'll see it eventually. But do I care? No. My question is, how are you going to serve the Lord in that brand new car? Can't nobody get in it. You don't want nobody to drink in it. You don't want nobody to touch nothing. You just want to ride around and floss. God has blessed you and you're going to take it and say, nobody can touch it. All right. That ain't how we do this. All right. All right. Go, go ahead. It's the explanation down at the bottom for ready to share. Uh -huh. It says the Greek word means liberal or bountiful. Mm -hmm. Those believers who have money must use it in meeting the needs of others. Unselfishly and generously. Unselfishly and what? Generously. That's the key word. Unselfishly. Okay. When we talked about the prodigal sons the other day at, 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 at church. The son that stayed showed how real selfish he was because he couldn't imagine the brother coming back and being accepted back in. Can you imagine if the father hadn't went to meet him and his brother would have met him? If his brother would have met him, he probably would have killed him. Because it's the same kind of situation with in the, in, in, in the garden with Cain and Abel. 
One brother had an acceptable offer. An acceptable offer for the for the brother that went away and lived lavishly was his was his understanding that he came to himself and repented, and he wanted to come to the Father and tell the Father that he had sinned against heaven and sinned against Him. But see, a lot of times when you have selfish people, they want to block you from God. That's true. They want to act like they're protecting something that they've earned. The the the, the sons the, the the son that stayed wanted to protect what he had left. He said he spent his. Why you let him come back? There's no generosity in the heart of that, that, that son that stayed. It's all about him. You didn't, you didn't throw no party for me. You didn't do this for my friends. But that's your brother. That's your brother. And we got to learn how to give to each other, saints. And again, I'm saying this because we're, the broadcast is going all over the world. But we got to learn how to open our arms, open our hearts, and open our wallets generously to help people. So what? It's just money. It's just money. And I and I know that, and this is what I tell people. When you have a generous heart with everything in your life, you'll see that you have a much fuller life. You'll be at peace with everything. Because you're always looking for an opportunity to give and help. Something as simple as, and, and I tell this story, and it was simple. Lueda was a was a was a part of this story, and Steve. Luada went back to get his cup. She said, this cup is hot in my hands. And I was like, where's the other cups? We don't have any more. Okay. Steve says, well, it's all right. It's all right for me. And I said, hmm, you see how you slip into me? Just that quick. My thought was, let's go get some more cups. So Sister Luada could be comfortable. Your thought is, it's all right for me. It don't burn my hands, so it's okay. So I rebuked him for that. Little stuff like that will test whether you got a, a given heart. Little stuff. Oh, it's all right for me. Well, we ain't talking about you. We talking about what's right for this dear sister. And I told him. You'll never be a great man or man of God if you don't always think about when somebody say something they, that that doesn't fit you okay with it. But if they're not okay with it, is it our job to make them okay? Yes. That's our job. So what I do? Go home, got the Amazon, do what's back there now. Coffee, the coffee cups with the lids on. Because that's what we're supposed to do. I didn't think twice about it. If I could drive, I would have left in and get, went down the street and got some coffee cups. But because we got to get to the point where we look at the other person and say, you know what? It's okay for me, but you know what? If they're uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. So my job is to make them comfortable. That's a learning lesson for all of us. It's not the flash in the pan stuff that everybody sees. It's when there's little moments when you show your selfishness. And it's all about you. Yeah. Oh, that's good enough. Really? For who? For me. You forget about everybody else. Me, me, me. I, I, I. Okay, and that's what the older brother was. The older brother was—he was selfish with his resources. He didn't want his brother. It ain't—he didn't care. He—he would have—he wouldn't have cared if his brother came back and been a slave. But he didn't want his brother restored. And when you're selfish, you don't want to really see people restored. You want to keep them down because you over them. And riches is one of the worst ways that people get into these attitudes of I don't want people around me because. They may break something. Mm. 
Who is that you invite to my house for Thanksgiving dinner? I don't know them, but you should trust the fact I know them. But you don't want to give, you don't want to share your wealth and your luxury. You want to just brag about it. That's not a good saint. That's a saint that needs some need to check himself to make sure he's in the faith. Because if you look at the cross and what was given us the cross, how can you not give? How can you dare not give when God gave his only begotten son that you can have eternal life? And that you want to hold off on the, the, the from the source, the resources that he's given you to live and, and enjoy this, this time on this earth. How can you do that? And it would just keep your straight face. Okay? Let's look at another scripture. So we're really talking about the attitude of a person and their faithfulness towards God. Because the more you understand how much God has given you, the more you should be willing to give. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, start at verse 7. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If you have, the, if then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So he's saying, what do you have that you did not receive? What do you, somebody asked my question. What do you have that you did not receive? So why are you boasting if it was given to you? Why are you boasting about what you got and it, it was given to you? Because if God gave it to you, guess what he can do? He can take it away. He can look at you and say, you're not doing good with what I gave you, so I can take it away and give it to somebody else. That's like the story of the talents. God doesn't give five talents to somebody who don't know what to do with one. People always want more. More God, more power, more this. But see, God already know he can't trust you with that because you ain't been good with what he gave you. You want to speak before people, but you haven't been faithful in what he gave you, so you can speak to more people. You want the limelight, but you don't want to do the work. Every preacher, every pastor, every minister, before they, before they get up before people and start talking to people, they should get one thing before they get, get the microphone. They should get a towel. And a broom and a mop. And they should serve at the lowest part of the church. Cleaning. Cleaning. I did that. Okay? I did that. And what it did is humble me. And God showed me in that ability, say, if you could be faithful doing the job that nobody else want to do, then I will elevate you to do the job that I've called you to do. Because what ends up happening is we end up uh, valuing the limelight, not understanding there should be a struggle behind to get up there before you. So he can identify like Jesus came and identified with us by becoming human, but he didn't sin. He understood our, our pains. He understood our hunger. He understood our pitiful situation without God. And yet still he didn't sin, but still he, if, if, if that would have been me and you, as frustrated as he was with, with the Pharisees, the, the disciples, and everybody around him, and he often vented it like, man, how long have I been with you? You still don't get it. If that had been us, we would have said, you know what? Condemn them all. But he wanted to save the world. So he said, even though they're like this and they're pitiful, I understand their pain and sin, so I'm going to go to the cross and take care of that. And now he'd have made you rich and you don't want to do nothing with your money but make more money? 
You want to covet more? That's not how we're supposed to do it. That's not how we're supposed to do it. Uh, what did I tell you to read? That was 1 Corinthians 4. Keep going. Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And with that you did and with that you did reign, so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a skeptic a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. So, so what Paul is saying there is, he said, look, while you've been elevating yourself and becoming kings and queens and important people and not understanding that what you've been given has been given to you by God, while you are exalting yourself, we're, we're humbling ourselves to you. We're continuing to go lower and lower and lower as you perceive that you're going higher. But you're not really going higher. What you're doing is you're getting your reward over here. You're not building any treasures in heaven. You're building your treasures right here. And, and again, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. So you spend all your time building this thing on this temporal plane, not, spend, not, not spending none of your stuff here for your eternity. And he says there's a reward. There's some, We don't know what it is, but there is, it's there. And it's there for us. But it depends on what we do here. It depends on how much we have over there. And we know over there is unlimited. It can't be defiled. You can't touch it until you get over there. And he's going to ask you, what did you do with my son's name? Who did you talk to about my son? Did you even have a testimony? I don't want to hear the old church testimony that you got baptized when you was 13. I don't want to hear that. Because most of y'all didn't get saved at 13. Let's be truthful. Some people did, but most people didn't. Because if I asked you what you do after that, you, you send out of both pair of pants legs. Okay? You did all kind of stuff. You supposed to be saved at 13. You just was doing what everybody else did. And that's, and that's okay, but you should have, again, at some point you should have came to yourself. And then had the real experience with God. I, I, I have determined that, that the reason why people aren't saved inside a church is because they participated in a ceremony that could not do what only God could do. If you listen to somebody's testimony close enough, they will never get to the point where they say they was a sinner. They'll talk around it. They'll say, I'm sick and tired. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, whatever that means. And they'll never just admit that they are a sinner and they deserve to go to hell. So if you never get to admit you're a sinner, how can you admit that you're saved? You can't. You're safe. And you're actually not safe. Okay. If you can't admit to yourself that you're a sinner and you needed a savior, what you saved from? I'm saved from going to hell. I'm saved from my sin. I'm saved from the eternal punishment. I'm saved from being separated from God forever because I was a sinner. I was born in it and shaped in it and had my own particular poison. But God, who was rich in mercy, decided to save me out of his riches and glory. And for that, I had an experience with the real and true and living God. And no, I'm not perfect, but I'm being changed. Amen. What I did 10 years ago, I don't do today. Amen. Minister Sutton don't do what Pastor Sutton, Pastor Sutton don't do what Minister Sutton used to do. I'm growing slowly. Okay? It's not a fast thing. It's a, it's a marathon. And I got brothers and sisters who are growing with me. 
And in that, I have to learn how to be a giver of what God has given me to give out to you. All I'm giving out is the good of God has been given to me. So why would I hold back anything from you? Why would we hold back? Go to Haggai. Chapter 2, verse 8. Read that. Haggai. Take your time. Okay, there, oh, there you go. Okay, how y'all went? Two eight. Started two at verse eight. Mm-hmm. Little short book. Two eight. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of all this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. So he tells you that everything is his. He owns all the cattle on all the hills. The silver is his, the gold is his. So whatever of the silver and gold, which we call money, is given to you, it belongs to him. It belongs to him. It don't belong to you. You didn't create nothing. You received, said, what have you got that you haven't received? Who did you receive it from? God. You've been blessed with money and you, and again, you don't want to do, you don't want to give into nothing. You don't even want to buy Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Girl Scout, they always come around asking for something. <laughs> just, just, but I'm just saying, but I'm, what I'm saying is your attitude towards your money and your giving of your money is really a thing about your faith. Do you trust God when he says, it all belongs to me and I will give to you richly. Or do you think that by you holding it back, that God is going to say, that was a good deal to do. You ain't going to use But how can he give you if you're not willing to give it out? If, if I have a cup full and you have a bucket full, why should the cup full be mad and, and jealous of the bucket full? They're both full. And they both need to give out. Now, the cup full doesn't have as much as the bucket, but both of them need to pour out. Amen. So they can get refilled. Mm -hmm. And just, and it's funny in America, the one who has the most to give gives the least. Mm -hmm. Don't pay taxes. We we get amazed when we hear when we heard a celebrity talking about everybody get a car. That was like me and you going down and getting bubble gum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. All that came out that came off the gross top of her income as an expense. That's right. She didn't give. She didn't. That's like, like I said, you going down getting ten cent bubble gum and giving to everybody in this room. That's nothing compared to the amount of money she make. You a billionaire and you give a couple of hundred thousand away, and we supposed to look at you like you generous? No, you selfish. Yeah, I mean you're selfish. But again, I, the Bible, there's only one criteria for giving. Be a cheerful giver. God wants you to be cheerful about whatever you give. Whatever time you spend, whatever money you spend, do it because you, you know that you are building your treasures in heaven. You are not sitting back, holding on to your money, playing with God. Well, God, I'll give you everything else, but I don't want to get no money. 
I'm sanctified full of the Holy Ghost, but I don't want to give nobody the gospel. I'm do, I, 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 and I'm going to tell you, God, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to reach out and help nobody. I'm not going to extend my arm to nobody. I'm not going to restore nobody back. If they're in a fault, they need to stay in a fault because you know they're wrong, God. And I don't want to let them back into the church. I don't want them to let, let back into my life. And I don't want them to be saved. But see, you're smart enough to say it, but then your actions show me that you don't really want people saved. And, and, if, and let me tell you, now again, come to a, a conclusion. The reason why most people don't want people saved, they're not saved themselves. Because if you were saved, you want everybody saved. So what you get rejected? Plant the seed. It didn't say that they was going to be satisfied trying to get a gospel out. You got to plant the seed and maybe somebody else come and water. Yeah. But even with that, who's the one who generates it all? God. God gives the increase. God gives the seed. God gives the water. God gives the sun. God gets the credit. Because the Bible says the best we can hope to be is considered unworthy servants. Because we serve such a magnanimous God. So this thing about money is a test of your faith in God to take care of you. God has given you money to take care of the things he, that you're supposed to take care of for the furthest of the kingdom on earth. He didn't give it to you so you can brag, boast, lord over people, tell people how much you got, show people the zeros in your account. Who cares when you don't have a relationship with God? And you're not measured by God's favor by having all this money. Because the devil can give you that too. Because God, because the devil knows you can't serve man and money. Let's go back to 16, Luke 16. Let's, let's pick up where you left off at, friend. Verse 10. Okay. I'll go up, wherever you want to start. 12. All right. Luke chapter 16, verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is their own, which is your own? So think about what he said. If you haven't been faithful with what is somebody else's, how are you going to be faithful with what is your own? He's telling you that if you're not faithful in other people's stuff, that nine times out of ten, you're not going to be you're not going to be faithful with God gives you. If you're not a good steward of what He's given you, how are you going to be a good steward of the treasure that He gives you? Okay, that's yours. The treasure's yours to get. When you go to heaven, God's not going to take away any treasure from you. All he's going to do is burn off what's not his and then you'll get the what's left. It's not a subtraction thing. So if you have, if you built up 10, 10 blessings in heaven, 10 treasures in heaven, you'll have 10 treasures in heaven. You just can't come in with, the, with, 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 with 10 pounds of junk on you. He's going to burn that all off. You'll be fired through the fire. You're not going to get punished. He's going to take care of that. Your last bit of sin, he's going to burn that off so you can enjoy what you've earned as far as what you've done on this earth. So it's not you got nine pounds of sin left and he's going to take away. You got 10 pounds of treasure. He's going to take away uh, nine and you're just going to have one. No, that, that ain't how that works. What works is he's going to take care of that. that. That burning holy fire is going to take away all the dross that's around you. You will be complete then. So you got to remember, once you cross over, there is no more need for grace. Mm. Once you cross over, there is no need for mercy. Because all you're waiting for is until judgment coming. Your judgment is going to be, what did you do with my son and what did you do with what you had? And whatever you, whatever what God, he'll just take you, just burn it away. 
You want you can't enter into heaven with sin. You got to get it all all taken care of. All taken care of. And he's gonna take care of that once and for all for you, for all the saints. And you enter in and get your treasure. But the goal is to build treasure. So I have some. There'll be some people that'll get in. They won't have much treasure. They won't. They just won't because they they believe the Lord is their Savior. That that's that's salvation. And what they didn't do is enjoy their life. I've never. Saints are funny. They don't enjoy nothing. <laughs> they walk around so stone-faced. They don't laugh. They don't enjoy nothing. Sin is here. Sin is there. Sin is everywhere. And they begin to isolate themselves to the point that, that they become like hermits. And that's when they start doing weird cat lady stuff, like pasting scriptures all over their wall and, and you know, and start talking to themselves and, and all that. And there's a and God said, I created all this for y'all to enjoy, but you're scared to enjoy it. You was enjoying it when you was a sinner, and now you didn't, you, you, you're a saint, and you're scared to come out in daylight, like you Dracula somebody. You're supposed to enjoy this beauty that God has given us. You should be able to laugh at some things. You should be able to smile. You should be able to, you should be able to have some fun. You can have fun that's not sin. Saints. Yeah. You ain't got to be so isolated. How can you be part of a body and be isolated like that? You can't. But you begin to form your own religion around your own imagination. And you take a couple of verses and you make a religion out of it. Don't touch. Don't eat. Don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do this. I don't. Mm -mm, no. And then, and then, I mean, what happens when you when you take the Bible and not take the full counsel of God out of context? What ends up happening is you had a Catholic church. Little priests mess with little boys because they're not living a normal life. Let the priest marry. What that got to do with anything? There are some people that are gifted with singleness, and they'll do real good. But majority of us are not. You know? But majority of us are not. So then you create a whole religion saying the, the men of God can't be the natural men that they are. And next thing you know, they're doing something so perverted and so horrible that how can they conduct a service of, 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 of God and be living, doing Satan's work? You, it's just the hypocrisy of it all. Saints, please enjoy this world. He just told us he gave us all this we just read. He gave us all this to enjoy. You don't even go to the park no more. <laughs> and used to hang out on the corner. I mean, just stuff like that amazes me. It's like when you was younger, you couldn't you they couldn't keep you in the park. Now you won't even you you won't even go to the park at all. You just sit back, you sit in your house, you sit there and just Watch TBN all day long. Some of that, some of that false teaching all day long. And then, then what you do is you decide, well, church, I'm, I'm gonna go to bedside Baptist, and 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 them church folk, they ain't this and they ain't that. But but see, think about this: the minute you start talking about real church folk and not the individual, you talk about the church of God. Remember, be careful. You talking about God's church. You talking about His body, and you are not the mediator between man and God. Jesus is. So whatever fault you see in somebody else, remember that. To see it, you got to you got to be it yourself at one time. Like I wouldn't know what drinking was like unless I took a drink. Hello? I wouldn't know what getting high is like unless I got high. Okay? So who am I to point a finger at you and you struggling with these things and then not let you and then hold back my resources because 
I, I, I want to be, be superior to you. Okay? We got to learn to give it all. All right, go ahead. Back to Luke 16. Start. Go ahead, 12. 13. Go ahead. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So, you, go ahead. You cannot serve God and money. You can't. And when you're in too much debt, you're serving, you know, when you're too much debt, you actually end up serving the money that you're indebted to and leave God alone. And you want God to come in and save the day. Sometimes, sometimes you might have to file bankruptcy to start over again. But don't get into the same boat when you get out of it. You know, sometimes you're going to have to do some certain things. You know, sometimes you're going to have to go through certain situations and deal with them. But you can't serve man and money. You just can't. You, I mean, you can't serve God and money. You just can't. Because you're going to either love the, the pursuit of money and you're going to hate the things of God. Because once you start pursuing money to the point where money becomes your focus, God is quickly pushed to the side. And the money becomes your God. And the more you get, the more you worship that God. And then you go into protection mode because you're worried about somebody taking your money. So the goal, the goal is to understand money does have a place. Riches does have a place. God does not uh, hate riches. What he does is understand that it's hard for rich people to understand that their riches are for God and to give to God's kingdom. That's what your riches are for. It's not for you to hoard it. It's not for you to lord it over people and brag about it. It's for you to give it away. You know? And some of these rich billionaires and these multi-billionaires, have you noticed what they start doing? They're like, you know what? When I die, I'm going to give all my fortune away. You know why? Because they understand that their kids may just squander it away because they, they haven't worked for it. They haven't suffered through it. And a lot of times we leave inheritances to our children and our children just blow through it. Well, you could have took your inheritance and gave it to some charity and got better mileage on it. You know? You leave them a house and they don't even pay the taxes on the house. You leave them a car, they don't pay the insurance on the car. And then you and then and then you call yourself taking care of them, and all you've done it's going to end up in somebody else's hands anyway. Yeah, yeah. Teach your children at a young age how to be good stewards with their money. Start them off putting money in the piggy bank. Start them off giving a church a nickel or a dime. I remember remember we grew up and you didn't have no money. Mothers would give you a dime or a quarter to put in the plate. I understand them. The, I understand the, the mythology of that. It's teaching kids to give. You know, even think about it. You gave them, they didn't earn it, and you're teaching them, give it away. That's a good lesson that you can start as a young child. You know, baby Ferris should be throwing a dime in the in the in the box. You know, and you should walk over there and say, here, put this in the put this in the box. But you what you'll find out is if you never teach your children that the day you do that, they gonna be like, What you doing? Yeah. It's my money. Yeah. You gave this to me. <laughs> See already that meism is in them. Yeah. It's already ingrained in them. It belongs to me. You daddy gave that to me. Yeah. What am I doing? It's a dollar. Well, Ferris, trust me. Put that dollar in there. No. Yeah. That's, That's mine. That's mine. And and, and, and and mommy and daddy sitting there with a pocket full of money, but you won't give it away. You 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 got to teach them that as a young age. Yes, you do. All right, go ahead, read. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. 
And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Stop right there. So when you exalt the resource above the source, it's an abomination to God. When you look at people and think they something because they got some money and you don't lift God up even higher, that's abomination to God. When you sit there and tell people they blessed because you're looking at their material wealth, that's an abomination to God because you're looking at what you see and not what they do with what they have. Okay? So we got to get to the point that we understand what's good, God, what's good and godly is good and godly. But what we exalt as men, the Pharisees, because they said the Pharisees love money. So let's say the pre some preachers love money. Okay? But he says that you chase after money and you exalt money. But he says, that's an abomination to me. Because if you exalted money and money's become your God, where's my son in that? Where's my blood in that? Where's the body of Christ in that? There isn't. It's only flesh now and temporal. You are the eternal being. You will, you, the Bible says that you will not taste death. Those who obey God will not taste death. You're going to pass from this temporal plane into the eternity with God. And you're going to go, you're going to go to it in the sense of, of you're going to see that, that it's not going to be a painful thing. It's just going to be another door opening and you're going to step into eternity and you will be with God forever. And you're going to truly see him truly like he is one day. And the only thing you got left to happen is you receive your glorified body. And he promised that. He promised that. So if we got treasures in heaven that can't be taken, we got a glorified body to look forward to, then again, why not start building your treasures in heaven by having a servant and a giver's heart? That's all this is about. Show your faith by the way you give. And again, we ain't just talking about money. In this, in this, in this context, he's talking about money. But we know it's time, tender, and talent. Okay, it's just not money. All right, because I don't want nobody sitting there talking about Pastor Sutton talking about money. I'm talking about money because he's talking about money right now. When he moves on from it, I'm gonna move on from it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Matter of fact, I'm not gonna even preach a sermon about money. Because again, thank God, some of you got a real giving heart. I really appreciate that. And I pray that everybody in this congregation gets a giving heart. But until those who catch up, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. Because one thing I've learned from God, when you want somebody else, He'll send that will. And you won't even know they're doing it. Mm -hmm. But you know you ain't. <laughs> you do. I've been there, done that. You know, last story, when I was at the other church, I wasn't giving at one time. And I got called to the carpet. And I had no reason not to give other than I didn't want to give. And I'm sitting here preaching to the people, sitting at the right-hand side of my bishop at the time, and I'm not a giver at all. I'm talking about at all. Mm -hmm. I don't even tap the plate. I'm so bad, I don't tap the plate. Just keep it going, don't even, you know. And I got called to the carpet on that. And that, and you know, and, and God touched my heart. And he said, trust me. You're trying to hold on. And he said, are you really holding on to it? It's falling through your pocket faster you can get it, ain't it? And I said, yeah, I got holes in my pocket. The Bible talks about that. You got holes in your pocket because you're trying to hold on to it. Give, it. give some to me. Give it to me, my work. Learn how to give. And I did. And since then, I've been giving. 
because God showed me I've never lacked anything, health, happiness, peaceful. All of that comes with the fact I'm willing to give back to him what he gave me. So that's what we do. We give. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Oh, Grace Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. Bless those who have the heart of a good steward. Bless those who are shrewd with their money and understand that it is a gift from God. Lord, teach us how to enjoy the riches of this, this world on this side that you've given us to enjoy. Lord, let us, if you give us riches, oh Father God, let us not lord it over people. Let us not brag because we understand that every gift, good gift comes from you. We thank you, O oh Father God, because everything is yours. The gold is yours. The silver is yours. The silver is yours. And everything that we have belongs to you, O oh Father God. Lord, we just thank you today that we learned today a lesson. Maybe we're a little bit further in our giving in our hearts, Lord, but soften our hearts to other people who need and put this ministry in a position that we can help anybody who comes to us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon.